and welcome to Torah Talks Chazak's program with special guests. We have with us Rabbi Herzl Hillel Yitzchak Baruch Rabbi, how are you? Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining us all the way from Chicago. What a schut, what an honor. And uh, we're going to be speaking about conversions to Judaism. But before we get to the topic, the rabbi, you give us a little bit of a background about yourself and the great work you're involved with. Okay, background. So I was born in Israel. My family and I immigrated to uh, to America in around 1985. Uh, we lived in New York for some time. I went to different yeshivot in New York. Uh, I came to Chicago um, over 20 years ago to get my doctorate in clinical psychology. Um, at the same time, I was pursuing um, my smicha. And currently, for the last 14 years, I've I'm served, I'm serving as a uh, rabbi of a congregation in Evanston, Illinois. It's near Chicago, uh, called the Sephardic Congregation. Nice, interesting, amazing. The is that the rabbi is also involved with uh, the CRC, the Chicago Rabbinical Council. Yes, yes. I serve as the uh, as a dayan in the. Um, in the conversion commission, um, overseeing the conversion process, and um, as well helping those in the process of conversion. Right. So that's uh, what we're going to be speaking about uh, So uh, we all know that uh, we don't promote converting to Judaism. We don't uh, seek out and we don't recruit. So how does it work when uh, one comes to the rabbi as your position? Uh, as a Dayan in the CRC, how, how does it work? What, what inspires one to, to, to come to the, to, to the Betty? Well, everyone has a different story. We can't put all of them in the same category. Um, when a person seeks the truth, seeks to emit, um, and they don't find it where they currently are, and they they taste a little bit of, uh, of Judaism, uh, they want to taste more, they want more. When a person seeks the truth and finds the truth, it's uh, they're either blind or ignorant, um, or they want to pursue it completely. Uh, I tell people in the process, or, or at least before the process begins, um, look, you can be a very good non-Jew. This, you don't need to convert to Judaism. And um, you'll still have your... What's that? Seven. It's only seven mitzvot as opposed to six. Correct. You could you can have a share in the world to come as long as you abide by the seven mitzvot of Bnei Noach. Um, and very rarely, seldom do I hear people say, "Oh, okay, have a good day." Um, we tell them, "Look what's happening in the world with anti-Semitism. Why would you want to put yourself in that?" And um, people really are, especially now, or in, when we see Yimot Mashiach. And and people seek the truth. They they really want to want to convert. And um, even though it's difficult, even though they realize that um, there's so many more obligations that they have to take up on themselves, um, they're ready to go on full full force ahead. Amazing, amazing. I was actually uh, doing a Torah talk with another rabbi. He was telling me that the amount of conversion that's gone on uh, is historic. The amount that are people reaching out. Converted Judaism, very, very interesting. So the rabbi, the question the rabbis, throughout the Torah, it mentions about the gear, about the convert. What are some of the do's and don'ts when we encounter them? So, as Jewish people, we're very curious. 
we're very curious people. And when we meet new people, we like to ask them questions. Oh, who's your father? Who's your mother? What school did you go to? Converts don't often want to stand out. Someone once asked me, um, when we speak about Unkulus Sagir, Unkulus was, uh, was a great rabbi who uh, would written a, um, a translation of the Torah in Aramaic. He asked me, An incredible this, is after, sure, this is after his conversion, he asked me, why is he called Unkulus Hager? Why is he, why is he um, described or identified as a guest? I said, you're reading it incorrectly. It's not Unkulus Hager. It's Unkulus Hager. There's great pride in that. There's great pride that um, having come from where, where he came from and dropping everything, he came from royalty and and pursuing what, what, he, what he wanted to pursue. But nonetheless, nonetheless, Converts do want to sort of fit in into the community. They want they don't want to stand out. Um, so to ask them probing questions, once you do find out they're, they're, they're converts, asking something like, "So what does pork taste like?" You know, or, or "What is this?" You know, "What have you done?" And, and you know, there is a concept of of onatagir, which means just like you're not allowed to cause suffering by saying things to a Jewish person, uh, all the more so to a to a person who converted to Judaism. And one of the examples that the Gemara gives is a convert comes to learn Torah and you say to him, you're learning Torah? Just a few weeks ago, you were not Jewish and you're eating you know, pig. What, what, what are you coming to learn Torah for? So we have to be very, very careful. And um, you know, when we, meet, when we meet converts and not to be too nosy about, about, especially not when you first met them. Everybody has a story. Everybody has an amazing story. Uh, to tell, uh, if they want to share that with you, you know, give them the opportunity. But if they don't, don't, don't probe, um, because they are, as any other person might, might be very private. Um, and they may not necessarily want to reveal this in the whole story. I once had a woman who, um, whose mother passed away. She's a convert. And, um, somebody whose mother passed away, you would assume there's a shiva and everything else. But as, as converts, they don't, they don't mourn. They don't mourn. They don't sit shiva. They could mourn. There's a halachic mourning. And suddenly everybody knew that she was a convert. Halachically, she, she could have very well, you know, done certain things um, in sitting shiva, even for her mother, just for her not to not to stand out. But that's a separate point, just again, to illustrate that they do want to fit in. They do want to, um, they don't want to stand out. 100%, 100%. <laughs> What is the process in conversion to Judaism? How does it work? They just walk into the bed thing and uh, to and, and call it a day. So the process is pretty rigorous. Process. It's not that simple. We have a uh, a curriculum for them. Um, first, when we assess them, when we assess, we hear the story why they want to convert. Um, we do mention to them things that I mentioned to you before that, look, you could be a good non-Jew and you don't have to go through this whole process uh, and that anti-Semitism that goes on in the world and things of this nature and that they continue on on wanting to convert. Um, we find them a sponsoring rabbi. I, I also serve as a sponsoring rabbi, but I don't sponsor everybody who wants to convert in, in Chicago. Um, the CRC is a is a source that of Bedin that people from around the country and around the world actually come to for conversion, um, because we're very, very rigorous in our expectations. Uh, we have a very rigorous program uh, where they're required to read X number of, of books 
with our sponsoring Radback to really know the material. Much of the material revolves around uh, Hadacha, about Shua Schloss. Um, and it's amazing that when they, when they complete the process, they know a lot more laws than your average Jewish person. Uh, it's funny that one, one person once told me that uh, Jewish people have been asking uh, him different different questions because it's so it's so um, fresh in their minds because they've just studied all of this. So they usually, after going through a particular set of books and curriculum, um, they meet with a betin with a sponsoring rabbi, and we ask them different questions and and ensuring their sincerity. Um, and then there is a second curriculum again after after they master the second curriculum, they meet again with the CRC. Um, after they, there's a third curriculum, so there's three curriculums altogether, at which point, if the CRC feels that they're ready to convert, um, that will take place not long thereafter. Um, sometimes it requires longer than that. So the average time is, is approximately one year from the point where they start to the point where they complete the process. Rabbi, could you tell us a little bit more about the Sfarim as well that uh, the Rabbi published? Sure. So... Um, some time ago, I, I was um, I wanted to write a set of sfarim, uh, especially for sfardim who did not understand Hebrew really well. Um, so I started out in, in the laws of tzitzit, and this is a uh, book. Um, yes, I got a copy from the rabbi many years right. ago. So it's really really comprehensive. It has uh, pictures. It has. Uh, um, illustrations. It's really it's an encyclopedic um, um, a review on on all the laws, major laws of, of tzitzit, um, specifically for Sfaradim, Ashkenazim, Ashkenazic rulings are mentioned there as well. Um, I also have a, a book on called the Daily Rituals. Both of them are available on Amazon. Uh, this one deals as well with uh, from the time you wake up, all the different rituals um, for both. This is this one is both for Sfaradim and Ashkenazim. Um, and I also have a sefer that I'm uh, that I published a few years ago in Hebrew on different questions and answers called Seri Arim, um, that um, in different shuvot of Dole Israel. Baruch Hashem, I'm working on on, on a second volume of uh, of this responsa. Amazing, Rabbi. Chalat chalat. Very inspiring. Many more business. Thank you. With I understand, I've uh, seen in communities that. Uh, there are cases, I'm sure the rabbi has this as well, of not just an individual, but families. But how does it work with regards to the children, if they're younger than bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, if you could shed some light on that? So if they're not bar mitzvah or bat mitzvah, um, we still convert them, but the uh, they are under the auspices of betin. In other words, they're not full converts yet. Uh, when the boy turns 13... Um, he has a choice, and when the girl turns 12, she has a choice whether or not to continue their Judaism. In other words, if we converted somebody, a, a boy, uh, at six years of age, for example, when they're 13, we ask them, he says, look, you converted when you're, you're six. Now you have a choice to either drop everything, at which point everything will be retroactive and there's no neshama, there's no, there's no soul for that, for that a Jewish soul for that, for that boy. If they say, no, no, I, I love Judaism, I want to continue uh, being a Jewish person and, and performing the mitzvot, then at that point they continue and there's no going back at that particular point. Once a Jew, once a person converts to Judaism, there's no going back. This is the only time that there's, there is a going back. 
um, is when they uh, were converted as a minor, and now they're they're halachically an adult, where they have that choice. Wow, interesting. How does it work with regards to minhagim and customs? Great question. Uh, for example, uh, you know the nusach praying. Sure. So it really follows the the sponsoring rabbi. If the sponsoring rabbi is Svartic, usually the people go according to sponsoring rabbi. If he's uh, Ashkenazic, Chabad, whatever it is, they usually follow follow him. Very, very, very interesting. Wow. And um, the cases that the rabbi's been dealing with for all these years, if there would be one or, or, or case that sticks out to be interesting for their inspiration to come to Judaism or their commitments to Judaism or how they did is that anything come to the rabbi's mind with regards to uh, a family or an individual, I'll tell you there were times um, converts that I've met that since a young age they felt that they were Jewish. They couldn't explain it. They were born in a non-Jewish family. Uh, they lived their whole lives as non-Jews, but they felt at a young age that they are Jewish. Um, look, realistically, a person is uh, uh, a non-Jew. When it comes to Gilgulim, reincarnations, a non-Jew can never come back as a Jew. But a Jew, for whatever reason, can come back as a non-Jew and hopefully shed the, the klipot, the, um, these exteriors that they need to go through and then convert to Judaism. Um, so that, that, that's the only explanation that I have with regards to these individuals who felt that they can explain it as a child. They, they were just Jewish their whole lives. They just can explain it. Unbelievable. Uh, I know that there's been issues in different communities. I've heard about this, that uh, there are certain families that unfortunately they're going to intermarry and uh, then they try to do a whole thing with regards to conversion. And uh, is we all know that there's love, you know, attached to something, an individual or something. It's, it's, it's an issue. Uh, how does the bad thing deal with it? What's the right process? What are we doing in this scenario? That's an excellent question. So I'll give you an example. Um, if there's a man, for example, who finds a non-Jewish woman and says, I want to marry her, um, and she's interested in converting to Judaism, we weren't jump at the gun quickly to convert her because we want to make sure that she's not converting only for that reason. Uh, anybody who converts for the wrong reasons, it's just when a person converts to Judaism, they receive an eshama. The Zohar Kadosh says something really, really beautiful that the neshama that they receive is, is from a special place um, and that Hashem calls the neshama, gives it a kiss and says, go down to this this particular person who's converting to Judaism right now. This is what's called Ger Tzedek, a person who's really sincere in, in conversion. And then there's something called Ger, not Ger Tzedek, Ger, where the neshama comes from the Sitra it comes from a, from a negative place um, where throughout their lives, even post-conversion, they're going to have difficulties with with uh, with uh, observing mitzvot. They're going to have difficulties with Judaism in general. So we don't want to get to a situation where we're, we're converting somebody who's going to have a sitrach neshama. We want somebody who's going to be a ger tzedek. Um, as such, as such, we 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 are very careful to make sure that this person is converting to the for the right reasons. Um, to the point where we assess if this man was not in the picture, would that st- person still continue to convert? 
maybe when they first come in, they're not as sincere. Um, but when they see the beauty of Judaism, when they see how how amazing Torah is, the mitzvot, um, I'll share with you a story. I'll try not to give too many details because obviously uh, we want to keep the uh, anonymity of, of the people. Sure. There was a, um, a a person that that we met um, who came from a from family. He met a non-Jewish woman, and um, he slowly started to uh, to uh, become less from. Um, his family did not yet meet her. They lived in a different country, uh, as a matter of fact, at that particular point. He told her, let's go back to, uh, to my house. For Pesach, you'll meet my family. Um, they did. The family met her. They weren't so thrilled. Obviously, their son is married to a non-Jewish woman. Um, she was so inspired with Pesach. When they went back to their country, she told them, look, I'm fascinating with Judaism. I'm, I'm going head on. If you, You're either going to be on my level or I'm going to divorce you. I'm, I'm going to convert. Yeah. So he actually became more from as a result of her. Now that's very, that's rare. We don't say, hey, you know, find a non-Jewish woman because maybe you'll be from and that's not, that's not, that's not what we're saying. But, um, there could be so many different cases and so many different, uh, scenarios. Every case is so different. Every, every case is so, uh, so fascinating, really, of how a person, uh, begins to convert. But going back to your question, uh, we're very, very careful. We try to be very, very careful to make sure that we have before us, uh, a, a ger tzedek and not just a gil. Right, 100%. Uh, we were discussing the process before. Uh, what we, what uh, we do all know is that uh, a Gentile shouldn't be keeping Shabbat. So how does it work with regards to the process where they're, you know, they're studying and they have their sponsoring rabbi, which is teaching them and everything, and they start wearing tzitzit, and I see this, uh, you know, and they come to the shirim and the lectures and the classes and the betkenes and the shul, uh, how does it work with regards to Shabbat Kodesh before and they get converted 100%? So you mentioned three, three different things at once. Um, making making very good points. So I do tell my my converts not to put on tefillin. Uh, they need to they do need to be recognized as a person who's going through the, con- through the conversion process. Uh, if they go to a shul where I'm not there, uh, people can count them in the minyan or give them an aliyah and things of that nature. Obviously, they know better not to do that, at least not to accept an aliyah. But sometimes um, people may not necessarily notice, and they could be the tenth person. And obviously, the people are, should not be praying and wait for a tenth person to arrive because this person doesn't count them in, in a minyan. Uh, with regards to Shabbat, we do tell them to uh, to violate Shabbat. Uh, Shabbat is a gift to the Jewish nation and only to the Jewish nation. And non-Jew is not allowed to observe Shabbat. So we do. It's so for some of them, it's very difficult because they've come to a point where they're so observant. That to to break Shabbat is so difficult for them, but they need to to break Shabbat, and they cannot wait until to the point where they're able to observe Shabbat. But we do tell them to violate Shabbat. Wow, very, very interesting, Rabbi. Very interesting gems that you're telling all, all of us on this topic. We have a custom. We have a minag Torah talks, which is a final message, a takeaway that Rabbi could give all of us. We appreciate your time very, very much, Rabbi Hertel. It's hot from Chicago. That pleasure. And. Uh, just a shout out to your wife's cousin, Adam Siona, for putting this together. And the Rafshim, the rabbi, has family where I am from Queens. And the regards to all of them. Thank you. Thank you. A final message is um, if you do come across a person um, 
who is either in the process of conversion or uh, has converted, um, whatever um, person, whatever you have in your mind about about conversions and, and converts, um, don't jump to don't jump to conclusions. Uh, there's a special mitzvah that we have to love the convert. Hashem uh, loves the convert. Um, these are people who have sacrificed so much. Uh, some of them, their families have disowned, disowned them. They said, if you go to Judaism, well, you can't pick something else. You know, if you're going to do good, go with Judaism, we're going to disown you. And they decided to, to just sacrifice and, and go with it uh, because of their love for Kadosh Baruch Hu, their love for the Jewish people. So that's my message. Um, learn about it. And, uh, and if you do encounter somebody with, who has converted to Judaism, um, love them. Love them for who they are and love them for their, for their journey. And, and there's a lot to learn. There's a lot to learn uh, about them um, and, and about us and the relationship between us and them. Amazing, Rabbi Herzl, Hilly, Tzchak. From Chicago, it was a pleasure and an honor to have you on the program. Conver- con- conversions to Judaism. Uh, we want to thank all of our platforms for hosting Chazak Torah Talks podcast. A uh, special shout out to Torah Anytime for hosting it as well. Daily Giving, a dollar a day, really goes a very far away. We encourage everyone to check it out. And of course, right now at Chazak, it's our busy season. Even though it's the summer, many people go away. We're working Yoman Velaya day and night, uh, primarily because it's. Uh, the new school year is coming soon, and we're on a mission. No Jewish child should be left behind. Every single Jewish child deserves Jewish education, and uh, whoever's interested in the Jewish education, whether it's through our after-school program, their Sunday school programs, their teens division programs, and especially our yeshiva placement division where we transfer and help and guide the parents throughout the process, hold their hands from Bible schools to yeshiva, Baruch Hashem, about 1,500 kids have been there so far the last few years alone. Uh, reach out to Chazak. We're ready, willing, able to help. Uh, dedications and future guest speaker suggestions are always uh, encouraged. Please email us at info at chazak that are info at chazq.org. Once again, thank you very much, Rabbi Herzl Yitzchak, Rabbi Herzl Hillel Yitzchak, sorry. I really appreciate uh, the rabbi's time and thank you for all that you do recall yourself, the Bitkinesset, and we didn't even mention the Sfarim that I know about that the rabbi wrote and uh, and uh, the, the the work you do with uh, with the community in Chicago and uh, and uh, and the bed team, Yishakach Yagdit Torah Be'edir and Bezat Shem we should be so chem we should marry to see the Gilulash Nema the complete redemption. Shigam Be'merav Leinu Spilin Hadesh we should be together in your Shlaimer Niyat Be'merav Leinu Amen Amen.